Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we come this morning to look particularly at two very important words, the words grief and hope. They're very different words, but they are very relevant words to our life in the present time and words which link together very clearly in the Bible. Words that need to find a place in our Christian living today. There are some people who have encountered very deep loss over the last few weeks and grief is very raw. There are others who are really thriving on this challenging time and are overflowing with hope and expectancy. And it's not a case of either or, but of both of them together. So let's take a few moments to look at each word in turn and then bring them together, especially as we find that in Psalm 23. So first of all, the word grief. That usually means an intensity of sorrow when someone has died. The tearing apart of a deep and loving relationship, maybe which had been there for many years or in some cases for the whole of life. And there are those who are grieving in that sense today. And we need to be especially mindful of that. And if for those who you know, to really come alongside and encourage and support with your love and your prayers. But grief can also mean some other form of sorrow and unhappiness. It may be the loss of a job or the isolation from being in a far country or the breakdown of a relationship. And there are those who are grieving in that sense today. Grief is often something that is very individual and personal. But there are also times when whole communities come together in an experience of shared grief. We, sh we saw that many years ago with the tragic death of Princess Diana, or we saw it more recently in the tragedy of the Grenfell Towers. And I think we are in that place of shared grief at this time as well, as we reflect on the devastating loss of life across the world as a result of this particular coronavirus. The statistics cannot just be heard as new news items without touching us at a deeper level. Our world is grieving at this time. And that grief has now been intensified through social isolation, and more specifically through restrictions on funerals. I took a funeral last week, I have another one this week, and so I'm seeing this firsthand. And I do have to say that it is incredibly difficult. The well-known organisation Cruise Bereavement Care has said this on its website. 
This is a strange and distressing time to be grieving and isolated. Being bereaved can be one of the loneliest experiences you or someone you love may go through. Talking and being with friends and family can be one of the most helpful ways to cope after someone close to us dies. Our advice is usually to avoid isolating yourself, but we are in a situation where remaining physically isolated from others is sadly necessary to prevent more people from becoming bereaved. This isolation can make feelings of loneliness and grief much more intense. There is an intensity of grief in our society at the present time, which cannot be overlooked. So hold on to those thoughts about grief. And then let us turn to the word hope. The psalmist says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I will again praise him, my salvation. That's Psalm 42 and verse 5. And someone once wrote, hope is not grief's destination. It is grief's companion. Hope is seeing light in spite of being surrounded by darkness. You remember those wonderful words in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is this hope? It is fundamentally a gift of God. It is based on the character of God, who God is and how he works. Hope is embedded within the character of God. It's not added as an extra, it's part of who God is. If you believe in God, then you believe in hope because God is the God of hope. And as soon as you say, I believe in God, there needs to be an overwhelming sense of hope penetrating every aspect of life. And that's not to minimize the hardships and struggles along the way, and they are very deep indeed, but to express a confidence in the one who sees above and beyond what is happening here and now. And that hope finds expression in the person of Jesus Christ. His birth was full of hope and expectation. His public ministry brought hope to the outcast, the depressed. His death brought hope to the world and his resurrection was a wonderful demonstration of that hope. Jesus is the focal point of our hope today. That hope which is a gift of God that is seen supremely in the life of Jesus and made real in our lives through the Holy Spirit. It is as if a spiritual flood begins to rise in our inner being and then it begins to overflow. In the words of a song which some of you will know very well, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. That is a godly Christ-centered hope rising up and overflowing in love. Hope is both for the present and the future. God is with us now and beyond this life, we will be with him forever. 
Now, what I believe we really need to hear this morning is that these two words are not opposites, they belong together. They sit, as it were, on parallel tracks in the journey of faith. Hope without grief is unrealistic when we live in a broken and hurting world. Grief without hope is missing the heart of the character of God and the power of the resurrection. And while we live at a time when grief is very raw, we rise in our affirmation of hope and we look forward to the great blessings which are ours through Jesus Christ, both in this life and beyond. Richard Littledale is a minister whose wife Fiona died in November 2017. It was a great tragedy at the time. And he has since written a moving book that's called Postcards from the Land of Grief. And I quote his words. Until that moment came, that is the tragic moment when he lost his wife Fiona. Until that moment came, I would have believed it impossible to hold unquenchable sadness and inextinguishable hope at the same time. Surely the one would extinguish the other, like trying to hold a lit candle and a jet of water in the same hand. I'm still not sure how it works, but I know that it does. I know that it does. In Psalm 23, these two words come together. The grief is there in verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, sometimes called the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes called the valley of deep darkness, the Hebrew can be translated either way. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, there's the grief. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. There's the beginnings of hope. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then that hope progresses and rises to a wonderful uh, climax in verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This whole psalm is a testimony of a journey of faith lived out in the confidence of God. It begins, the Lord is my shepherd. And in that opening little phrase, the Lord, of course, is a title of, that speaks of the majesty of God, the Lord. And shepherd speaks of the intimate loving care of God. The Lord is my shepherd. And the one who is the creator of the world, the majestic, all-powerful one, comes alongside a shepherd and leads us through the different experiences of, of life, those moments of refreshment and renewal. And then it's interesting that as the journey comes to the more difficult places, something changes in the way that the psalm is uh, describing the character of God. It's in the third person. In the earlier verses, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And as we see that transition from he 
to you. It is as if the presence of God comes even closer. When other travellers may turn back, the Lord, the best guide of all, is still there. The rod is a strong wooden club, the staff is a slender stick, and both are hallmarks for the shepherd, for guiding and for protecting the sheep. And that is what Jesus himself is able to do in the place of greatest challenge and darkness as we journey through grief. And then the psalm takes us on into hope. Hope which is there through the darkness, but hope that is there beyond it. And when we come to that phrase at the end, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Literally, that means to the length of days, from today to the very final day, present and future. And that final verse has a wonderful victory celebration about it. At the end of the journey, sit down and enjoy a magnificent feast. What a great picture of heaven. Right now, we are walking these parallel paths of grief and hope. The Lord is the God of nations. He does have the whole world in his hands. We come alongside those who grieve, but we also live as those who have great hope, hope in the goodness and faithfulness of God. And so I say to you this morning, hold these words together and live as a people of hope in the midst of a time of grief. And in a moment, we're going to join in that wonderful song, which has the words, how great the chasm that lay between us and leads on into that great affirmation, Jesus Christ, my living hope. And supremely today, our hope and our confidence is in Jesus himself. <laughs>